Okay, Callie. So for this episode, I got the seven magical Dragon Balls to grant me one wish. Oh, what'd you wish for? Immortality, wisdom, unlimited power? Better. I wish for a guest for this episode. How did I get here? Oh no, not again. Comics are weird, and it's almost impossible to figure out where to start. That's why we're here to explain what happens and why the writers made those decisions. I'm Garrett, the What Clinkerman, and I'll be explaining what happens in each comic on Recover, what works and what doesn't. I'm Cadley the Y Harmon, and I'll be breaking down why the writers made certain decisions, why each comic matters, and the impact each comic made. Together, we are What and Why Comics. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of What and Why Comics. Today we're covering Dragon Ball Z. Today we have a guest with us, my close friend Jonathan, who kind of knows more on the subject, so it kind of evens out the space. And Cadley, you don't know that much about Dragon Ball. So, you know, Jonathan, introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Jonathan. I've been watching, reading Dragon Ball since I was like nine, so I know a lot about it. Yes, because you kind of told me that you started watching the original Dragon Ball, which in history terms, America got the anime version of Dragon Ball Z only because the original, you know, when the story actually started Dragon Ball didn't really come to America first. Dragon Ball is one of those, like, really big starter animes whenever it comes to Americans, and Dragon Ball Z was not only a lot more kid-appropriate, but it was also generally more entertaining for U.S. audiences as the Japanese perceived it, so. Yeah, I do have to point out that even though I didn't really get into Dragon Ball Z as much as other people, Honestly, anime in general. But when I was in high school, and I'm going to mark myself out as how much of a dinosaur I am, I graduated in like 2017-ish. Yeah, those four years, most of my friends who were into anime, all they talk about is Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z abridged. Yeah, because to me, it was like another stepping stone of me kind of watching anime and who I became today. I kind of found it when I was like in middle school. I didn't really get into it until high school. But Jonathan, you kind of got introduced to it at a young age pretty much and you weren't a huge fan like you know like I am now but you kind of were a fan of it at the time. Yes I very much did get into Dragon Ball Z through like the live television showcases and that led to me wanting to learn more about anime and then that eventually led to me finding out the manga exists because I saw that my cousin he had a copy of the very first issue of Dragon Ball. I read it and I loved it so that led to me looking it up online and and I found out that this was a whole thing, that Z was a follow-up to Dragon Ball, which led to me watching all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the original Dragon Ball take on a much more comedic tone for the first few arcs before it really set into an action genre? Yes, Dragon Ball is very much more martial arts and just the story of Goku progressively becoming more and more powerful and just living in this wacky world while using the Dragon Balls for different things while stopping bad guys from using it. Before I go into my brief summary of Z, it's better that we kind of get a brief summary of just Dragon Ball because Z is kind of a continuation with the story of Dragon Ball and that's why we have Jonathan here to explain just a brief summary on it. So, Jonathan? So, Dragon Ball very much is a action comedic show. It's not very much a long-term story. It's very much episode by episode, or in this case, issue by issue. The main enemies are, of course, the what the arcs are named after. You have the Piccolo arc, 
but it starts off with just Dragon Ball meeting Bulma and then them going searching for the Dragon Balls, which eventually leads Goku meeting Master Roshi. Goku eventually having his adventure wanting to train under Master Roshi, which is also where he met Krillin. And then after that, him and Krillin prepared to fight in the big tournament arc. After the big tournament arc, Goku decides he wants to go find a bigger, stronger master to learn under. Eventually, that leads Goku to meeting the Red Ribbon Army, and then that eventually leads to him meeting Kai, and Kai trains Goku to fight Piccolo Sr. Uh, then Goku eventually goes, fights Piccolo Sr., wins, and then that eventually leads to this weird middle ground where Goku doesn't really have a master, and he more or less just runs out in the middle of wild. But, as most people know, before Piccolo died, he latched on Egg, which leads to the big final arc of Dragon Ball. And then that leads into Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. At this point, when Dragon Ball kind of ended, it ended with kind of a rivalry between Piccolo and Goku. Because it was like these two forbidden, you know, sworn enemies were going to duke it out. And eventually, you know, Piccolo wanted to take over the world and kill Goku. So they kind of went their separate ways. And, you know, a time skip kind of comes. Everyone's kind of grown up. Goku's now married. He has a kid named Gohan. And he takes him to kind of meet his friends, to meet um, his master, to meet Bulma, to meet his best friend Krillin. And he gets there. And while this is happening, a stranger with a big amount of, like, energy who was, like, really powerful at this time, you know, came to Earth and he was looking for Goku and he meets with them and then he kind of explains that Goku was an alien from a race called the Saiyans who were like the strongest beings in the universe who live for conquest and battle which kind of makes sense because throughout this series all Goku cared about was just non-stop fighting he wanted to be the strongest which kind of fits for his character pretty much so after Goku learns that he, you know, that he's an alien, his brother, who at this point is revealed to be Raditz, you know, the same guy who tells him that he's an alien, takes his son. And it's like the first time that, you know, Piccolo comes in and he goes to Goku and he wants to join forces just to take out this one threat. And so they go to his brother to save his son. And the very beginning, pretty much, the main character, Goku, he instantly dies. And kind of a huge shock that you know, this strong character die, but in Dragon Ball continuity and in the universe, no one actually truly dies because, of course, there are these mystical objects called the Dragon Balls that can basically grant you any wish. And one of the wishes, you can revive someone from the dead. That's only once. If you die twice, then you can't be revived. And it's also if you die of natural causes, like if you die just of sickness, pretty much, you can't be revived. And this led into the Saiyan arc where other Saiyans, specifically two Saiyans named Vegeta, who is the Prince of Saiyans and is lacking Nappa. So the Earthling warriors kind of hear this and they train themselves to fight these when these aliens come. And of course Goku goes out to train because eventually the Dragon Balls are used to revive him since this is his first time dying. So it's almost weird how this mirrors comics in that the only people who truly stay dead are Peter Parker's uncle Ben and Bruce Wayne's parent. <laughs> yeah, and they all train pretty much. Everyone gets stronger. Goku learns like new transformation, new techniques, and of course here comes the Saiyans, and they pretty much just obliterate all of them. Most likely Nappa obliterates all the Earthlings and Piccolo, except he doesn't kill Krillin or Gohan, who, you know, at this point is... 
Gohan is, had been training the entire time in preparation for the Saiyans, and he's, like, on par with some of the Earthlings. But, of course, you know, Goku comes in at the last minute, defeats Snapper. Vegeta, trying to show, like, his ruthless evilness side, kills Nappa just for showing weakness, because, you know, the Saiyans are, like, a strong race who don't pretty much show weakness. A big fight happens with Goku and Vegeta, and this is when the actual, like, main rivalry of the series starts that eventually will continue on throughout the series. And, of course... Vegeta kind of loses and kind of, you know, flees the planet and all is saved. And that's the first arc done, which eventually this introduces us to the Frieza arc, which at this point, you know, the survivors are kind of wanting to get new, you know, trying to find a way to revive their friends who have been killed. Then they realize that Piccolo was part of an alien race called the Namekians and they make their own Dragon Balls and they have their own Dragon Balls on their planet. So their mission was now to go to this planet, get the Dragon Balls and revive all their friends back. Oh, the Frieza arc. I'm familiar with this. Isn't this the one where they were going to blow up a planet in like five minutes and then that fight takes place over the course of like how many episodes? We will get to that. Yes, because that is true. But we will get to that in a minute. So, of course, you know, they all go to Namek to find this Dragon Ball. And Vegeta kind of goes also because he learns about this as well to get the Dragon Ball because he wants immortality. Vegeta kind of works under another kind of a tyrannical ruler named Frieza who wants the Dragon Ball also for immortality. So he also goes to Namek to find it. So it's basically a race of who can find these Dragon Balls. A bunch of like battles happen and eventually Goku gets there because at this point he was recovering from his last battle with Vegeta. He comes in and finds that one, Vegeta is not working with Krillin and Gohan who went to the planet because right now he learns that Frieza is there and they need to work together to, you know, defeat him. They, you know, a big fight happens between Vegeta and Frieza, eventually Frieza killing Vegeta and kind of quoting to Goku that there was one thing that was on Vegeta's mind through this entire saga. It's called the legend of a Super Saiyan. And it's the one thing that Frieza fears the most because Frieza destroyed their planet because of that fear and legend. And like you said, I think what's funny about this, in the pages, the battle with Goku and Frieza doesn't last that long. But in an anime, it lasted for maybe about seven to five episodes of just that single battle. And of course, it comes to the conclusion of Goku finally achieving the form Super Saiyan, which is basically fueled by rage. And the one thing that kind of ticked it was that he saw his best friend Krillin die. And Krillin died in the Dragon Ball series for one time and they revived him. And when he saw his best friend die a second time and not having the chance to revive him again, he just went ballistic. I mean, he went Super Saiyan and he fought Frieza at his full power. And of course, Frieza's like last ditch ever because he can breathe on the planet. He decided, I'm going to take this entire planet with me. So he generates enough energy to make like a bomb, throws out the planet core and says the planet will blow up in five minutes. But if you watch it on the showtime, it's more than five minutes. Which is kind of funny. So the main reason why it was originally meant to be five minutes, because in the actual Japanese dub, it wasn't five minutes. It was in a couple minutes, but it got translated over in five minutes. At least that's how I heard that story went. Another thing taking consideration is a lot of that times actually just padding of other characters figuring out what's happening on Namek and other things like that. 
And so, of course, Goku defeats Frieza, kind of kills him off. And the two are the only people on the planet at the time because they eventually got all the Namekians and, you know, Goku's friends off the planet. And they did wish for their friends to come back to life after they got on Earth because they transported everyone on Namek to Earth and they used their Dragon Balls to wish everyone. And kind of Goku is in, like, deep space pretty much. He eventually, you know, tries to find a way home. And that ends the Frieza arc. Now we move on to the next one. It's called, I would, it's called the Android Saga. I would call it the Cell Saga and you'll kind of understand why I call it the Cell Saga. So this, you know, this saga starts out with all of you know, Goku's friends and a revived Vegeta at this point. They are waiting for Goku's arrival because, you know, he's finally coming back. A certain person says that he was coming back who it's eventually revealed that he's a time traveler from the future to give Goku a warning that two powerful enemies will come and Goku would die of a heart attack. And he, when Goku came there, he warned them, he warned Goku pretty much, and he told him that he was from the future. And it's later to reveal that this certain person, he's also a Saiyan as well, because he can go Super Saiyan. He's the second person that goes Super Saiyan. His name is Trunks, which I find it kind of funny that he's named after, you know, pants pretty much, which is kind of weird. And he shows up, kind of tells Goku all the information he knows about the future, and kind of, you know, goes in the time machine, flies back off. And so Goku and his friends know what to expect. They're waiting for two powerful enemies, pretty much. And at this time, years pass, and stuff has happened. You know, Goku is still training Gohan to be strong. A shocking thing, Vegeta, who was like this big bad villain pretty much, I wouldn't say marrying, but has a relationship with Bulma and eventually has a child who later on is is Trunks, by the way. So the Trunks that came to warn Goku is actually Vegeta's son, which I thought was kind of funny. So it's almost like a cable in the X-Men situation. Pretty much. A bunch of time travel stuff happens and it just messes up how the timeline is because he kind of made like a butterfly effect. We introduced to these two androids who's not all really a main thread they're just kind of a little like plot hole details to introduce like new characters abilities throughout this time skip Vegeta finally obtained Super Saiyan and eventually we do meet who Trunks kind of warned us about it was called Android 17 and 18 and eventually of course battles happen pretty much and they meet another android called Android 16 who in my opinion it's not really a bad guy he just kind of was programmed to be bad but he eventually sees Earth as his home and wants to protect it because they're dealing with a bigger threat now. Another android named Cell. And this is when the Cell saga kind of continues because he's looking for 1718 to absorb so he can obtain his perfect form. And eventually throughout the series, he does obtain his perfect form. And a big battle kind of happens between him and Vegeta because Vegeta, obviously, because one of the problems with Vegeta is just he's so prideful because he wants to be the best. His pride gets a hold of him that he lets Cell absorb the android so he can obtain his perfect form so he can have a big battle but of course Cell's perfect form is too much for Vegeta and it's up to Goku to eventually defeat Cell and Cell kind of holds this tournament just to kind of like test his strength just to see if he's actually the best and all of our characters pretty much train but the one thing I want to focus on in this series we don't follow Goku that much we follow Gohan who was like this weak little kid who eventually is the one to fight Cell pretty much at this point Gohan obtains a new form and I thought this was, this was kind of lazy but it's called super saiyan 2 and the only difference is because normally a super saiyan their hair goes yellow and their eyes turn blue but super saiyan 2 is just a few inches of hair and lightning surrounding them pretty much yeah, it is weird how Super Saiyan kind of resembles um, Supersonic from yes, this Sonic franchise. Does. 
and the battle between Gohan and Cell happens, and it's by far one of my favorite fights in the entire series because you kind of see the growth of Gohan from this scared little kid who didn't want to fight into this kid who he still doesn't want to fight, but he kind of knows he has to in order to protect his loved ones and his family. And Goku kind of realized this because the one thing that people can say most about Dragon Ball is that Goku is a not a good father pretty much because he cares only about fighting instead of his family. And of course, Goku kind of sacrifices himself again to save his friends. And this is the second time that Goku has died in the series. It doesn't kind of kill Cell, but you know, the fight ends with Gohan killing Cell and they revive all the people who Cell has killed and they're about to revive Goku, but Goku, he kind of doesn't want to because he kind of senses that I'm the reason why these strong and dangerous beings are coming to the planet. Like I just attract them. So I'm just going to be staying dead and Gohan, you're going to be the strongest out of all of us. It's going to be your responsibility to protect this world. And that's how the series should have ended because that's how the writer Toyama wanted it to end. But we got the Boo Saga, which is kind of, in my opinion, the longest saga we have. And Jonathan's going to kind of help kind of shorten up a little bit. So how many sagas are there? There's a lot. Boo Saga starts off with the Gohan episodes. And then we technically start off with Goku coming back to life for one day to go fight in a tournament. And at this point, we're introduced to some newer characters as well. There is Goku's second son, Goten, who I just call Goku Jr. Because if you look at him, he's basically just a smaller version of Goku. And we finally get to see another young Trunks pretty much in the series. So the fights happen. Eventually, though, something's weird. You have this group of two weird gray guys and these two other colorful guys. One of them is actually, I forget the name. He's like a deity in their world. Yeah. And the two gray guys are opposing the deity. They're working for this guy called Bibbidi, I think. And his goal is to revive a creature called Majin Buu, which kind of titles the whole saga called Buu Saga. And eventually they do revive Majin Buu because they needed Fido's energy, which they got from the rest of the cast, pretty much the series. And Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta kind of go with this deity to kind of stop Majin Buu's revival, which eventually they fail. But it also kind of has Vegeta kind of turning evil again because he really wants that rematch with Goku pretty much. And he kind of sacrifices himself in order to stop Buu, but it fails. Now, Majin Buu is a bit different from the other bad guys, as in his forms are taken with the more strong fighters he absorbs. Now, Goku at this point in time has something called Super Saiyan 3. He can end Buu immediately. Which, by the way, Super Saiyan 3 is basically, it gets rid of his eyebrows and just extends his hair back. It looks cool, but it also looks really weird, especially when he doesn't have any eyebrows, pretty much. Now, Goku kind of pulls what he did with Gohan and tries to put the future, the saviors on Goten, Trunks, and Gohan. That doesn't work out. Gohan ends up getting absorbed into Boo. And, you know, it's up to Goku again to finally stop this bad guy. But a revived Vegeta who's kind of given a second chance to redeem himself kind of comes in and they form a being called Vegito, which is basically both their power levels kind of spiked up a little bit, pretty much. And they defeat Boo, but he has one last form and it's basically called Kid Boo, who's like the shorter version, pretty much. And he destroys the planet except with Vegeta and Goku on it. So they go to another planet to fight him. And of course, they kind of split apart from Vegito 
and Goku finally defeats Boo, and that's pretty much how Z pretty much ends. And it's a it's a long and complicated story that you can't just randomly go into. Like you have to go to the beginning, and that's why I like it pretty much. Well, I can't say one thing I hate about it. It's just that it's just way too long, pretty much. And I have to say, I made y'all sit through my Star Wars junk with the Yuuzhan Vong, and yes, the Yuuzhan Vong were also nuts. That said, if there's any episode that's gonna land us in straight jackets, I feel like it's gonna be this one. Yeah, pretty much. So let's go with your explanation, Cadley. So I wish I could find more historical context for this series, mm -hmm. especially given how much of a pop culture icon it is, but it's not really tied to any event that was going on at the time. It really is just a fun story that if it didn't create the shonen genre, it was one of the founders of the shonen genre, which is generally geared towards teenage boys ages, I think it's eight and up. More towards 12, actually. 12 and up, right. And as such, it created a lot of tropes, which was interesting. And even the tropes didn't create, it made mainstream into staples of the genre as we know it today. Obviously, and this is one, it's interesting because normally this is only a problem that you get in video games that get a lot of updates or tabletop games like the Pokemon trading card game, Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game, Magic the Gathering, Hero Clicks, where in order to make people want to buy the expansions, they make them more powerful, which then makes the old stuff irrelevant. And this is a function called power creep. And it's weird. I didn't think that a series could suffer from power creep, but one of the textbook examples is Dragon Ball Z because of just how every arc ends up giving him Saiyan, then Super Saiyan 2, then Super Saiyan 3. It doesn't stop at Super Saiyan 3. We're not going to talk about the rest in this series, but eventually Goku kind of goes the ability to have the powers of God pretty much, and it doesn't stop. Because the thing with Goku, he has no limits, and there will never be a limit for him. And it's an interesting thing, but it does also kind of create a problem of when you go back and look at the earlier stuff, because then you're going, good grief, a gap develops and then it also becomes hard to add stakes just because you know he's going to get stronger and surpass whatever that was eventually. So there's some fun videos out there on just the power level, <laughs> how exponentially it spikes over time, which then also leads into other genres and tropes. So the Paragon character and Overly Sarcastic Productions did a great video on what a Paragon is, but a Paragon character is someone who is just personifies an ideal. Captain America personifies patriotism. Goku is pure of heart. There isn't a bad bone in his body and he fights for fun. But those are the two things that are just his thing. Then you also get reformed villains because it seems like every villain eventually after they get beaten end up teaming up with Goku to beat the next bad guy. Mm -hmm. And the fact that planets get blown up or they literally tried to kill Goku at one point or another, it, it's just water under the suspiciously red bridge. You also take consideration, eventually in the Dragon Ball universe, death just becomes a minor annoyance. Yeah, because a lot of people get wished back with the Dragon Balls after they die, so. Which again, that's also just a comic book staple, but... It's good to know that that's a comic book staple in both Western culture and Eastern culture. Yeah. And just to mark how big Dragon Ball Z was, I know that earlier I mentioned that Dragon Ball Z was what got a lot of my friends into anime, but it's, when I mentioned Super Sonic, there has been a debate, and I think when we looked it up, Super Sonic came a year after, after Dragon Super Ball Z. After Super Saiyan, yes. 
Right. But at the same time, they're so similar and we're so close together that the debate of who did it first and who did it better is kind of interesting. And even before anime became mainstream in the Western culture, you had series like, again, this is probably going to note my age and just the weirdness that I was watching at the time. Disney's sketch comedy show, So Random. Yes. Had a couple of recurring characters for some of their sketches. The anime bros, one of them was supposed to be based on like someone who's cosplaying Naruto and then the other one is like a cheap knockoff of Goku as they go about like a normal high school setting. And then one more thing I want to talk about, just because it's interesting how it be, even from the beginning, it was just a staple of Dragon Ball Z, and it became a staple of the shonen anime genre. And then it also even has been picked up in Western culture for some comic book arcs, a lot of video games, and a lot of movies and such in general. And that is the tournament arc. And tournament arc, again, Overly Sarcastic Productions did a great video on tournament arc. They sum it up better than I can. But tournament arc are so versatile in that if you just need to pad for time or add in uh, explaining how a character gets as strong as they do, put them in a tournament. You want to have your villain do something interesting to force the heroes to add in more conflict? Throw in a tournament arc. <laughs> and at this point, I know that tournament arcs have gained some controversy due to how it seems like they're overdone, but at the same time, it just seems solid. One other interesting thing thing that this actually is a little bit of a historical context, but digging and trying to find historical context for Dragon Ball Z was rough. But again, Dragon Ball Z was what got a lot of our generation into anime. And it's honestly, I would probably attribute it as one of the main contributors to making anime mainstream in America. It is. I've seen some articles how it's one of the animes that kind of introduced, you know, this culture to Japanese type shows pretty much. And I would say that's probably about it. So so Jonathan, thank you all for joining us today with this episode and thank you all for listening today for today's episode. Join us next time for Silver Surfer Requiem on what and why comics. comics. Can I go home now? Sure.